I want you to look at this first circle in the top left there. And the blank there that you can write is icon. Impact like an icon. Impact like an icon. This is where you seek the higher purpose. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think of myself as iconic. I don't necessarily uh, meet people and think of them as iconic in the way that so many people would define the term. But I want to get you to think about something in a different way regarding this term icon. If you're familiar at all with any kind of conversation around spirituality or, or religion all over the world, you'll find in the ways that religious communities developed and gathered, they would develop what would be called icons or idols. And the definition, the difference between an icon and an idol is really powerful. And you go, what does this have to do with our mission? Hang, hang tight one second. An icon draws you to something deeper. An idol stops you at itself. You could have a goal to have an amazing car. It's your dream car. And it could be an icon. You could drive it around and feel a lot of gratitude, feel a lot of joy, feel a lot of purpose, feel a lot of accomplishment. It could also be an idol. It's something that you build your sense of worth around. You want people to see you driving up in this car so you can feel good about yourself. A home can be an icon or an idol. Achievements, possessions, relationships, anything in our lives can be this way. But here's what's really powerful. And if we can grab a hold of this concept, you'll start to understand how you can have impact like an icon in the world that you find yourself. Think about it this way. No one else can be who you are to the people you're committed to. See, I see the term icon and we think these larger than life personalities. We think about these entertainers or these performers or these sports figures. Listen, my, my kids love music. They can have favorite bands that they are just crazy about. But at the end of the day, what means more to them? Their favorite bands that are iconic or the presence of who I am to them? Even if they don't tell me that, I know that if I am helping them become who they are, I can be an icon in their life. Nobody else can fulfill that spot like I can. And, and you are where you are. And I want you to get beyond it as you are meant to get beyond it. As cheesy and as cliche as it might be, there's a reason that phrase, bloom where your planet is so powerful. Right now, you are in relationships that you've committed to. And, and, and it might be a place at work. And that, that company that you're working for now isn't going to be the same company you're working for two years from now. But while you're there, impact like an icon. You could be in a partnership or a relationship or a relationship with a spouse or any kind of family relationship. Who else can be but you in that spot? So when you start to impact like an icon, you start to grab a hold of this idea of I am where I am and I want to influence where I'm influencing, not like an idol and shut people down and pressure them and manipulate them and, and be a passive uh, spectator to the process of who they're becoming. Instead, I don't want to manipulate. I don't want to have an agenda, but I want to actively champion people around me. I want to build people. I want to help them become all they can become. Impact like an icon. You know what holds people back from showing up in an impactful way to the people that they care about and love, or the workplace they've committed to, the job description they're fulfilling, something holds them back. 
The terminology a lot of people use is inner critic. It's the shaming voice. It's the pressure. It's all the ways that they feel that they don't measure up. And everyone has that happening for them. And when that's happening, man, it causes some people to just show up with too much pressure and too much manipulation. It causes other people to withdraw and be too much of a wallflower. Only you can fulfill the place that you're in with people, certain relationships you've committed to. So to impact like an icon is to say, I want to take the inner critic in my life and I want to transform it so that I'm not held back anymore, so that I don't try to control too much, nor am I too passively resigned. I'm showing up and being the highest level of impact that I can be to the people around me. See, where your inner critic starts to come from, it's through the suffering in your life. You go through challenging circumstances, and this inner critic starts to shape a narrative in your mind. And that narrative in your mind is a rate-limiting factor to your impact. Well, over time, when you start to not confuse the suffering of what you've been through with the way that you feel shame about who you are, when you can separate those, you start to hear the whisper of purpose. Purpose usually doesn't scream into our lives. I mean, there are some people who get knocked on the head in some kind of insightful way at a young age, and their purpose is just set the rest of their lives. I wish I could have had something like that. I didn't. I, wrote, I read every book I could find on purpose and impact and mission in my 20s, devouring them, searching for my own, like Steve Martin. What's my special purpose? If you remember the movie, The Jerk. But I've learned that purpose whispers in my suffering. And if I can get quiet, I can hear it. So where might I impact like an icon? Second circle there. We roam like an artist. We roam like an artist. When you think about an artist, there's a there's a expansiveness that an artist has where they don't have to be limited by wherever they currently are. It's amazing to me to have read so many books, as many as I could get my hand on, on dark artists. In other words, artists or performers where something went bad for them. World-class chess champions, you know, world-class artists, world-class uh, performers, sports figures, that as they roam around trying to figure out what's happening in them, that there's a part of that that they start to expand, they start to learn about themselves, they start to grow. How does that happen? How does it become something bad when it starts off as something good. I want you to think about it just with the term fantasy, or maybe you would relate more to the term of a daydream. Think about when you feel trapped in something, whether it's trapped in a current progression of your career at a company or your impact or your business isn't going like you want it to, any place that you feel trapped and then you start to fantasize about what would be different. You start to daydream about, ooh, I would love this. I mean, I currently have some daydreams or fantasies about what my calendar could look like. I'm not there yet, but I'm letting my mind roam like an artist to explore some of these. And as I explore some of these, here's what's really powerful. I can leave the current confines of where I am internally without having to leave it externally. Here's what I mean. I have commitments on my calendar that I will show up to this week, and I am happy to do it. And a lot of them bring me joy because I've been able to, over time, align it. But then something starts to change, and we talked about this in day one, that discontentment starts to be there. Well, what do I do with that? 
What do I do with that disappointment or that disillusionment? I let my heart and mind wander strategically. I'll pay attention to that. Where is it going? Why is it going there? Oh, it's whispering to me about some more purpose. And as I roam like an artist, I'm starting to see what could be a little different. I start to get excited and my taste starts to refine itself. My taste for what my calendar might be like five years ago has refined itself. And so it's refining itself again. My taste for what, you know, my relationship with my wife is like, again, over and over and over and over again. There are sometimes in communities you have to leave externally to be healthy. You might be in a, a work environment right now that's terribly toxic and you need to go. But most people confuse changing their circumstance with fixing it externally. No, you can leave internally first as you start to explore. What step might I take next that's true to who I am that I would be proud of? See, if you let yourself go and not judge, then what you'll find is some of these next steps aren't linear steps along a ladder. It's nonlinear. It's a, a leap. And too often we're cut off from this resource within ourselves. Hey, listen, for some of you right now that are roaming like an artist and you're trying to refine your taste and you're wrestling with this, just because it's not working now doesn't mean it'll never work. I've had to encourage myself with that many, many times. And this sets us up for this third circle right underneath that. Confident like a comedian. Confident like a comedian. I love... I love enjoying great comedy, world-class comedians, but I love studying them also. I love studying their career moves. I love studying how they make meaning. Over and over again, they serve as a powerful guide because they're willing to think new thoughts without judgment. World-class comedians are just taking simple observations that you and I rush past and framing it in a way that we see the hilarity of it. They're taking things that other people would want to stuff down and keep quiet and hide and keep in the corners and keep in the shadows, and they shine a light on it. So for me, to be confident like a comedian has two dimensions to it. One, as I roam like an artist, I can become confident like a comedian. How? I can think new thoughts. I don't have to judge things. I don't have to virtue signal. I don't have to send to this world this signal about how improve about how enlightened or aware or woke I am. I can just be where I am. Yes, I want to transform. Yes, I want to grow. Yes, I want to progress. And yes, I want to develop. But I'm okay being honest about it. So not only is there an acceptance of what is and where I am, to be confident like a comedian also speaks to this idea of as I roam like an artist, I can keep experimenting. You look at what happens with so many comedians and the way that they develop their craft before they get that hour-long special on Netflix that has you, the back of your head hurting because you're laughing so hard. What are they doing over and over? They're practicing and experimenting and they're bombing and they're having jokes fall flat. You'll never see the unfolding of your mission happen until you can turn the inner critic to that iconic you, only you, until you roam like this artist where you allow yourself to wander without shame, without pressuring yourself, and you're confident like a comedian so that you don't judge, 
You don't have to stop your own thoughts from happening. You're not afraid to think your thoughts, but that you're also putting yourself out there with others and experimenting. For every one thing that I have work, I have 10 things that fail. Some of them fail spectacularly. Some of them fail somewhat. Sometimes I fail with my kids. I try new approaches. And I'm like, hey, that did not work. I'm learning. I'm evolving. If I'm willing to upgrade my view of reality as I take in new information and evolve, it's okay for me to bomb. For you and I to be the kind of people that are confident like a comedian, it's just understanding that I don't have to virtue signal. I can accept the challenging parts of who I am, the worst parts of who I am. I can take the parts of my story that I'm embarrassed by and start to study them and learn from them. I mean, the story that I told you yesterday in day one, I had an experience at 18 that I thought I had life zeroed in and figured out. And as I looked back at that experience at 30, I could parse out where I confused who I was with what I did. It was powerful insight for me. I don't know if you've heard about that uh, reality that so much of the pain in our lives is the catalyst to our purpose. Uh, there's so many books or stories been told around this idea, but I can tell you it's been true for me. I mean, in my own life, my passionate obsession is helping people be as healthy as they can as leaders, leading their lives, that they could turn all of their limbo moments whether it's with their career or parenting or spouse, and we have all these courses in the academy, the companies we work with, that they could turn their limbo moments into leadership moments, that they would learn to love their limbo moments. Where did that come from? It, come, it came from watching my dad and being in relationship with him and watching him lead. It was a catalyst for me where I became obsessed in a beautiful, wonderful way with what it looks like to be the best leader I can be. And as I've walked the pitfalls of that road and seen those struggles, I've learned that if I'm confident like a comedian, I don't have to shame myself or pressure myself. I just pay attention to what's happening. It's that old story about the good wolf and the bad wolf, that we all have the two wolves within us, and you got to starve the bad wolf and feed the good wolf. Well, I would say to you, no, pay attention to what the bad wolf wants to eat on, <laughs> because it doesn't mean you need to feed it, because that could be damaging and dangerous, but there's a reason you're hungry for it. And if you can be attentive to it and paying attention to it, 